Here's Maradona, and England have contained him pretty well so far. This looking dangerous. That's a poor clearance. Maradona with Shilton. Looked like handball, that. Maradona celebrating, and the goal's going to be given. Shilton furious, and so is Peter Reid. And the England manager, Bobby Robson, can't believe it. Definitely looks like handball. But we haven't been able to control the play in midfield way that Maradona has been able to do. Enrique to Maradona. Different class. Different class! Everyone in the stadium, the England fans included, the commentators, the press bench, everybody on their feet in acclamation of one of the greatest goals that the World Championship has seen. All from the and brains of one man. When they talked about the great players of world championship football, this man will be on a pedestal. Diego Armando Maradona. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football cup podcast we bring you each week from the Dynamo Podcast Network. Today we have a show, it's our preview and our prediction show. And we'll also be looking at some news topics and also looking back um, at the career of Diego Maradona, who passed away yesterday. Um, so today I'm joined on the show by the A-Team. First, I'm joined by Ian, the agent Kelly. How are you doing, Ian? All good. All good, my friend. Good. I was looking forward to that. And, uh, <laughs> and we're, all, we're also joined by Peter, the physio heart from Peter Hart Graphics, who sponsors the show. How are you doing, Peter? All good, lads. All good. Good, good, good. Good to hear it. So, yeah, I suppose we should kick off and have a look at uh, our um, last week's, a quick recap of last week's results and stuff like that. Yep. Um, interesting one, obviously, our Spurs beating Man City um, comfortably. Um, didn't seem to be troubled at all, which is surprising enough. Um, Chelsea Crews past Newcastle. Um, should have been a bag load of goals there, but got the job done. Um, Leeds failing to take advantage against Arsenal with 10 men. Um, Burnley shocked Palace, which was to me was a real shock anyway. I expected Palace to walk straight through them. United got lucky against West Brom in the end. Um, Understrength Liverpool coasted past Leicester. Uh, Villa shocked by Brighton. And Everton played out a thriller against Fulham. Could have easily been a draw. So that's a quick recap there of last week's results. Um, so then, moving on to uh, news topics, Peter, do you want to jump on some news topics there? And what's going on in the world of football? I was just seeing one there as you were talking about Everton and the Fulham game. Um, Lucas Dinia is that they're suffering an ankle ligament injury in a uh, training and is going for surgery on Monday. He's a huge loss to Everton, that'd be a huge loss to them. He's as, as yeah. vital to them at left back as Robertson would be to Liverpool. Absolutely. I think anything, any any sort of attacking prowess that they have tends to come down his side all the time. You should look at him on against Fulham. He bagged the two assists in that game. Yeah. Um, um, there's a, the fans will be returning to football from next week, but only to certain stadiums. Yeah, that's fantastic news. I heard, I heard today that Liverpool are dropping back to Tier 2 as well and are going to be allowed to have fans back as well. Liverpool and yeah. the London clubs will be allowed 2,000 fans at each game. Uh, Manchester yeah. are still no fans allowed. Yeah. So, City won't miss it much. 
No. Yeah, not not re- no real change there. No. Um, yeah, we we also seen as well like um, during the week there, Pep signing a new contract, but City still sliding somewhat. Um, don't know anyone's thoughts on that. Ian, what do you think of that Pep signing a new contract? Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I thought he'd end up at a at Juventus to be honest with you next season, possibly. Um, but uh, yeah. I suppose I'm surprised and I'm not surprised. What well, did he sign a three-year deal, two-year deal? Two years. Yeah, so you can see him ended up at Barcelona after that, can't you? He obviously he wants to uh, complete the vanity project, I'd imagine, and try and get that Champions League. But I don't really see um, much going forward, to be honest with you. I think Klopp came out during the week and said that Chelsea team is the one that he, he looks at the most that's that's going to be challenging in the, in the years to come. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Say Tottenham as well. If you look at what Mourinho is doing with Tottenham, you never know with Mourinho and Tottenham. He could be building for this yeah. one season, you know, win a trophy, and then it could all fall apart next year. But yeah, I think um, Lampard, Klopp probably sees a lot of Lampard in himself in terms of how he's uh, how he's building. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly, City, City certainly, a, certainly a respect there for him. Anyway, I yeah. think Klopp holds Frank and huge respect there. Yeah, I think so. Even I think they're little sidelines, but. I think that banter though probably brought them a little bit closer together. Do you know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're two grown men. They take that on the chin and kind of get over it. But yeah, I think seen Lampard show as much passion as he shows on the sideline, and that's exactly. kind of build some respect right there. Yeah, so I think uh, I think City City are that team. Obviously, look, they're still a quality team, but I think uh, it's 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 not going to be a cakewalk for them. I think Liverpool are kind of the. Uh, they're kind of the measuring stick at the moment because they, they're still getting wins, even though uh, even though there's some injuries there. I know they didn't win last night in Europe, but look, that's kind of a foregone conclusion anyway. But I mean, they um, you know they they made uh, Leicester look very ordinary with a with a weak inside, so um, they're being yeah. consistent. Yeah, um, I also noticed as well a couple of things that came out of international football. It shows still with international football that there's a massive increase in the COVID risk when these teams go uh, traveling for their international teams. Um, and it's yeah. something that probably needs to be looked at. And it's sort of, thank God we don't have any more international football now till March. Yeah. Um, so there can be a bit more control about it. But we also seen again there during that international break as well, Paul Pogba coming out again and somewhat stirring the pot again at a club level and not so much at an international level. Um, he seems to take advantage of this every time there's an international break to have a go off his club. Um, any thoughts on that, guys? The schoolyard bullying. You know I mean, when the day you're not in school, he's talking all the trash, and then next day when you're in school, it's all quiet. Yeah, it was it was noticeable as well that he was dropped once he came back. Like, yeah, I mean, geez, look, how long are they going to keep doing that dance? Like, just he obviously quite clearly doesn't want to be there. I never thought it was the right move in the first place. Anyway, I thought it was a stupid transfer, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I think I think the problem for him is they can't they can't find a home for him because of the value that they've put on him. Yeah, Real Madrid and Barca are kind of the Spanish clubs are a bit snookered in terms of they don't have great financials this this year or even next summer. PSG probably, I mean PSG or back to Juventus are the only real options there. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, even the Juventus they're looking at lowering their wage bill as well. I've heard rumours that Ronaldo could eventually be on his way out. Yeah, you hear a lot of that talk as well, but I think Juventus are a pretty well-run club. To be fair, they probably want to get rid of some of the some of the dead wood they have there. But with Pirlo in there as well, obviously Pirlo played with Pogba as well, so he'd obviously see the value there. So I don't know. I mean, they're just two options, I suppose. 
the only two kind of realistic options. I mean, Bayern can buy who they want as well, but are Bayern going to want the Pogba? No. Well, I'd say, like, other than, there's them two options then. You're kind of looking at the likes of China then. and You know what I mean? Will Pogba yeah. go play in China? No. I think I think China are also getting very clever to those deals now. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, they're, they're not going to be, they're not, they, they've sorted out all that stupid money stuff and all, you know, so it's not going to be, I don't think anyway, anyway. the social media is well kind of uh, controlled in China and he wouldn't like that. Don't yeah. play uh, for Wuhan. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Wuhan's all better now, surprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you can go play there. <laughs> yeah, I think the other thing that came out there during the week was Solskjaer under pressure as United more or less confirmed that they had made contact with uh, Poch, um, which which is not, a, not an unusual move for United as a club in recent years. No. Yeah. Um, but certainly heaps a hell of a lot more pressure on them. And obviously they had a good result there during the week in the Champions League. But um, I'd say it's, it, to me, it looks like it's only a stay of execution, really. This What's, is um, the biggest Ross and Rachel will they, won't they situation going on now. It's, just been, it's been going on since Poch left Saxon Spurs. It's just do the deal or don't do it. I'm sick of hearing about it now at this stage. Can't see, I, I, can't see Potch really. Like, I mean, I know Potch is a good manager, but I mean, he's not going to go in and sprinkle magic dust on anyone. Do you know what I mean? Um, that uh, that Tottenham got a U team that was there, had some very good players in it, and he obviously blended them well. When I look at United now, a United fan will probably tell you they're the best youth system in the world, but we know that that's not the case. Um, so, I mean, it's a bit, it, again, you're going into another manager and another situation with United. And obviously, we had United fans on last week. And I'm sure they'd agree with this. It's it's going into another rebuild job. Do you know what I mean? Because most of, a lot of what's there, Pochettino won't want. So, I, I think the problem that you have over a number of years is if you continually keep on getting it wrong, then you continually have to keep on buying and rebuilding. Yeah. And that's the simple matter of fact. And, and like, no two managers are going to come in and be the same anyway. So, yeah. um, but I, th- I think I, I can't see Pochettino taking the job unless there's some guarantees there from Woodward, you know, especially considering he has options around Europe and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I'd agree with that. Enough of United yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's really the news topics that kind of came up. Peter, have you had to add to that? Any others? No, it's with United, it's a case of they're looking, the fans want immediate impact and they're using Klopp as a measuring stick. They don't realise Klopp's first two years weren't like covered in glory you know what I mean it's going to take it's time like Ian said it's a rebuild job and you need to find someone and stick with them yeah yeah absolutely yeah so I think then best thing to do now is to move on to this week's uh, this weekend's fixtures some really tasty fixtures this weekend Um, nothing nothing sticks out more I presume than Chelsea versus Tottenham must be the game of the weekend come on Mourinho without a shadow of a doubt um, there's a typical Liverpool fan in the background there. No, this is the this is the the master versus the pupil, really, isn't it? Well, the pupils as, as already, they always pull it. The pupils already done him in how many times in his managerial career? I think Mourinho's only got one win over him in four. So yeah, but but the old Mourinho's back. Yeah, the old Mourinho's back, but now <laughs> Lampard is actually broken out of that shell as well. If, in a lot of ways, you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's an int- it's an intriguing game. I have to say. I mean, everybody knows how much I hate Tottenham, um, and and vice versa, how much they hate us. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a big game. Um, I do fancy Chelsea in this as well. I really do. Um, I think it. I think Peter kind of said as well. It's kind of like 
it's funny to, to say this about Chelsea, but it's almost like a battle of two of the best defences in the league at the moment, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, we look at Mendy. I know we've talked about him from my perspective. We talked about how important he is, and you look at uh, you look at Zuma now is just blossoming into into a, a world class player that I think we all knew he could be playing with uh, with, with Thiago Silva there. Um, I look at Mason Mount. I just think that kid gets better and better each game. Like no matter where you put him, you know he he contributes. He doesn't stop running. Case in point, that that goal for uh, Calabouts who died the other day, winning the ball back from deep and hitting a hitting a sesk long ball to put him through. It was actually pretty pretty um, encouraging as a Chelsea fan. So I think um, it's just so many options there, Lampard at the moment, doesn't he? Havertz is yeah. back from injury now as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's going to be a good game, I think. Uh, it, yeah, I think it could be it could be a low scoring game. I'm 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 fancying like a one 0 or a two one to Chelsea, but you know someone else could say that the same scoreline could go to Tottenham. So yeah, I think it's um it's a brick wall versus a reinforced bus. Mm. But it's going to be interesting to see who can break the deadlock. I think the first goal is going to be very important in that game. Yeah, it's a real battle of the midfields, really, isn't it? Because you've got two very similar defences. I mean, Tottenham have shored up their defence somewhat as well. And then the two front lines are quite comparable as well. Two very strong front lines in the league at the moment. Scoring kind of for fun, you know. But the real battle, I think, is going to be won in midfield. And I think really that's where Chelsea will probably win the game, to be honest. Because I think Chelsea's midfield would be way too strong for uh, Tottenham's. That's, that's how I see the game going. Anyway, that's 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 what I think I'm he goes with the. You think he goes with the three man midfield? Kante just sitting in front, and then Mount and uh, Kovacic. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I think he'll also go. I think he'll also go with a very strong pressing game as well, because I think with the way Spurs attack and stuff like that, with Son and Kane and Deli Ali if he's playing and whoever else is in there, it's it's a real. Um, you really need to keep them on the back foot throughout the ninety minutes, really, and I think Chelsea Chelsea will be strong enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's at Stamford Bridge as well, so. I can't pick the game. I'm personally going to go for a 1-1 on this one. On the fence, I like it. Well, I don't like it. Let's see where you're going. I'm going with a 3-1 Chelsea win. And I'm I'm also going to put another caveat in here. I think Giroud will come on and get the third. I love it. Uh, yeah, he loves scoring against Tottenham. I'll take it. Yeah, I think uh, Frank came out and did a good interview there the other night after that great winner in Europe. And I, I think you kind of have to give him at least 15, 20 minutes, don't you, on, 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 uh, at the weekend. Oh, fairness. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll start of off with Tammy. and Because um, Tammy, in fairness, he's had to come back into his game. Him and Werner have a nice little partnership going on there. They kind of switch around. And, um, so I think you will start with Tammy. Uh, but yeah, I could see Giroud coming on. Even... But even be one one up to that point, and Giroud comes on and nicks it. Yeah. You know that that'd be uh, yeah. that'd be something Giroud would like against the the yeah. dirty Spurs. Yeah, to run down then to run down some of the the uh, the other fixtures. I think Palace and Newcastle. To me, they'll probably play out a draw. Yeah, boring. Um, I don't don't see it being anything special, to be honest. Um, then the early game on Saturday. There's really Brighton versus Liverpool, which I expect Liverpool to have a massive kickback from that abysmal display last night in Europe. Yeah, and uh, and go to, and go top of the table and lay down a marker. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, I think um, it's it's a match we need to be winning. Like we need to be and winning comfortably, not just winning. We need to, like you like you said, lay down a marker and show the team in the league we may still be in business this year. We've lost a lot of our squad, but. 
we're still not to be messed with. Yeah, I think we need that Leicester type of performance there because if you look at if you look at Brighton as well, Brighton in a couple of games against some of the bigger teams, they've played pretty well this year. I mean, that they, they were robbed against United. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that should be an interesting game. One City more versus Burnley. Yeah, no, go thing, ahead. Before we move on, um, thought we talked about Klopp was uh, giving out. He gave uh, Sky Sports and BT a bit of a bollocking during the uh, last weekend. He's giving yeah. out about how uh, Chelsea and United played in the Champions League on Tuesday, and their matches are on Sunday, whereas Liverpool played Wednesday and they've the early kickoff on Saturday. And um, he knows it's down to the TV rights, and he's basically said Sky Sports and BT need to start talking to each other because he's sick of talking about it. I, I, I think personally, I think, I think a lot of... I think that's baby tantrums, to be honest with you, because if that happens to all teams at any given point in the season, it's went in Liverpool's favour in the past. You know, mm. I, I've even... I, I'd say that again about my own team as well. I think they're always cop-outs, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, at the end of the day, that's why you have a squad. These are professional fucking footballers. Like, you know, the game has been pussified as much as it can possibly be anyway. Um, you know, when, we, when we're going to talk about the great man later on, Maradona, Jesus H. Christ! You think those guys back then were giving out about how many games they played, or they'd be going us, you know? So I, I, I don't. I yeah, I don't think it's been driven really by the fixture stuff. Really, I, I think he's feeling the pressure in relation to the injuries. Yeah, I think it's more that than it is the actual the the TV stuff and things like that. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, it's 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 the TV money that supports the club. You know what I mean? Like, you, <laughs> I do agree. I think it's similar to when you bang your toe off the table and you blame the table. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And all very managers so. do it. You know, I'm not just having a go. Yeah. You know, I, I actually yeah. like clock, um, but they yeah. all do it. I never buy that, even my own team. Yeah. Well, there's there's a huge amount of pressure on him as well this year to deliver back the back to back leagues. You know what I mean. So you have yeah. to you have to put yourself in his shoes. And he, and in fairness, I know every team gets injuries and stuff like that and all. But we've had shocking luck in that department. In fairness, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. So then, looking Everton and Leeds, I expect to be a real a real belter of a game. I would expect it to be high scoring. Probably end up a draw. Something like three all, I would reckon. I was thinking three all myself. Yeah, seems like a good show for a game like that. I think Everton will nick it. Well, I do think it'll be high scoring. Yeah, Goodison is not an easy place to go. That's no. for sure. No. Um, West Brom versus Sheffield United. Probably a, a nothing match, really, even at this early stage in the game. Yeah, you know, it's, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then on uh, then we, we swiftly move on to kind of Sunday is really Southampton versus Man United at St. Mary's, which is a meltwatering fixture mm-hmm. considering the talk of Poch, the talk of Pogba. Um obviously they're bringing a slight bit of farm in from Europe this time. Um and and a a reasonable win against West Brom. But certainly um I wouldn't fancy going to Southampton and St. Mary's with my job on the line. That would it not depends be on who's refereeing this game, really, doesn't it? Because we saw the we saw how the FA I mean listen, call me conspiracy theorist all you want, but it's quite evident what's been happening the last few years. These refs yeah. and the FA pushing United with you know, like I mean, even I think even the pundits had to say it, didn't they? You know, the, the amount of penalties you know to get, I mean, they're not this attacking force that, you know, they have to be given penalties because they're so great. I mean, Bruno Fernandes, lads, I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. The most overrated motherfucker I think I've seen in years. And, like, not because he's not talented. He is quite clearly talented. But, good Lord, some of the English United fans say that Mason Mount is overrated and he only, he's only Gareth Southgate's favourite. But, yeah, Bruno Fernandes is great. Mr. Penalty. Yep. Yeah, but Ian, Ian, 
you have a lot to celebrate at Chelsea. There's a lot of good stuff going on there. Yeah. When you have very little to celebrate at a club, you're going to pick out one or two little things and shoot to the moon on it. Because yeah. there ain't much to talk about there except for him. Yeah, that's fair. You've got to look at that way. I think Southampton make you laugh. that game, though. I'll make you laugh here, lads. Because after the United match against Istanbul there on uh, Tuesday, uh, where Fernandez bagged himself two goals, uh, fair enough, against the team of players who probably just finished doing the day shift. Uh, but United fans, I've seen the amount of posts I've seen with them saying Fernandez is better than De Bruyne. <laughs> it's laughable. They're saying his contributions, he's this many goals and this many assists. Almost half of his goals have been penalties. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting debate, and I'm sure it's one we'll come back to again. And then, like Ian said, but no, just calm down, lads. Yeah. Then rounding out the weekend, we got Arsenal versus Wolves. Um, um, not not really a good place to be. Arsenal not well known for rounding out weekends with with positive <laughs> results and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. There's there's trouble there with Arteta and with the players and stuff like that. I I reckon Wolves might put these guys to the sword. Even though Wolves have been fairly average now with the loss of Jota and Jimenez has been quiet by his own standards. But um, I I I reckon they could um they could nick a two one here against Arsenal with like a like a and then a late set piece with a then donker corner or something like that. Or hashtag hashtag free also. Right. Yeah, saying that every yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, Gunasaurus. Sure, yeah. Their goal of the month last month now was an Aubameyang penalty against United. They're almost eight hours without a goal from open play. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 shocking considering that you have to get a new contract and all. I think he would have settled in, but so often doesn't it happen? Like you you get that guaranteed contract and then you just sit back and you don't really care because the money's flown. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is a weird one, you know. It's a, I think Aubameyang general generally, I, I think genuinely he does care, but I think it's just he's not surrounded by I think what he needs. No. Yeah, and and it doesn't help with your seventy million pound player as well. Is supposed to put a bit of creativity in there, going and loafing and going to pitch and getting sent off. Doesn't help either. And the fact so, yeah, that, that the clubs had to come out now and uh, basically say they don't condone the abuse that both um, Alioski and Pepe were receiving on social media. Yeah, yeah, certainly an interesting one. All right. Um, so then that's it for that's it for the weekend's fixtures. Um, so let's quickly move on quickly to the we lost a legend yesterday of the game, an absolute legend in Diego Maradona. Um, fantastic player, um, absolute hero in Italian football and for Argentina. Um, Sean said very much so that he's lying in state with three days of mourning in Argentina. That's a, a mark of respect to the man and the mark that he left on the game and on the world. Um, Ian, I know he's very uh, close to your heart, probably your favourite player, or at least very up there in your top two or three. Um, tell us what you think and tell us about the man. Yeah, like for me, I mean, I think he's the greatest footballer of all time. I know there's different eras and stuff like that. People always say that it's fairly unfair to compare in eras, but... Talking about a player that, you know, it, it's funny when you look at Messi in his heyday, how actual freaky similar the two players were. 
but again, it, it, could, it, it Maradona started this type, you know, this style of play, like um, just very unique. I mean, there's still things that Maradona could do that even Messi can't do, you know, like the sideline antics, playing with the ball, with the tennis balls and all that, you know, like his little. I heard Gary Lineker telling a great story on BT Sport there about the the, the thirteen, you know. He'd kick it up in the air as high as he could. He'd take three paces back and then kick it up again and kick it up again. It was like just madness, like. But uh, yeah, like in terms of for me, I think he's the greatest footballer of all time. Easily my top three favorite players for sure. But in an era where in the Serie A where defense was king, do you know what I mean? These boys were proper defenses back then, um, and. You know, also at a time where you didn't have the protection of the referees and the protection of, of the rules, you know, um, genuinely getting the legs absolutely kicked off you and still getting up and, and running. I mean, that goal against England, let's be fair. And the hand of God was great too. Um, it's a nice, nice homage by the British uh, media there to just still talk about the hand of God and not just actually pay tribute to the man dying. But Absolute scum. Well, that's the British fucking tabloids for you. They're pieces of shit. You know what I mean? They celebrate stuff like Johnny Depp. You know? Even I've seen even quotes. Even Shilton is still salty about that hand of God goal. But when you look at the picture, Shilton is as flat footed as he could take home. He got beaten in the air by a player almost a foot smaller than him. Yeah, Shilton. Shilton should be more salty about the goal that he scored. that left Shilton lying on his ass on the turf. Exactly. Forget about the hand of God one. But I was listening. I was listening to an interview last night with uh, Tim Vickery. And he was saying that uh, in 79, Maradona nearly scored the exact same goal against Ray Clements and just put it wide of the post. Yeah. And apparently when he came off, Maradona's brother said to him, why didn't you just drop your shoulder and put the keeper on the deck? And then you go back then, 1986 or whatever it is, the exact same goal, but this time he dropped the shoulder, put the keeper on the deck and scored. An amazing story, like to think that a man, and when you hear him being interviewed, he says that like that goal, he's seen that goal in slow motion at the time, everything that happened in it, and for to be able to switch on and remember what his brother had said to him and put it into practice and put that goal away, what an amazing talent and an amazing player. Yeah, it'd be never, never be another character like him. I mean, we loved him for his play, we loved him for his flaws. He was a very flawed human being, but at the same time, he owned it. You know what I mean? Um. And yeah, just a hell of a hell of a character. I mean, it's it's a huge loss for football, uh, yeah. far too but young as well. But yeah, it, it's a isn't it amazing back then as well? Even when you think about it, like the the craziness that surrounded football. I mean, there's no doubt he had his demons off the pitch. But all, all those players back then, you look at Paul Gascoigne, also a phenomenal talent, but again had his demons. You look at uh, you know George Best, yeah. who um, Maradona passed away on George Best's um, anniversary. Yeah, but it's it's amazing to think these guys so talented, so revered. But I think they just they love the game and they love the rewards of the game. Yeah, and that's that's the only way you can really sum it up. And and again, you're talking. It's easy for people to throw shade on this and stuff like that. But you're talking about guys who went from having nothing to having everything in a very quick period. These guys were proper superstars. Mm -hmm. um, and they hadn't got the advice and the agency and all that kind of financial planning and stuff there. It was all about like going out, doing your job, being a superstar, coming off the pitch and partying and enjoying the fruits of your labor. Um, and there was very little guidance there. So people have to take that into account as well. It's not like nowadays where... 
you know, players are wrapped up. If you're at that level of talent, you're earning that money, you're wrapped up, you're sheltered, you're protected. You know what I mean? A certain level of it still goes on. We've seen it at international breaks with the England squad. Even during COVID, some of the younger lads, they still go off the rails. But by and large, most of them are heavily protected and advised from a financial position. You know? Look at the difference now in the media. Look, Jack Wilshere, uh, like years back when he got pictured smoking and it was like a bleeding global inquest into it. Imagine that happening back in the blade in seventies, eighties. They just they didn't care if they seen their players smoking as long as they were banging the goals in at the weekend. Yeah, back then it was always about the performance, wasn't it? There's no doubt about it. And if you went out there and you did your job, that was the time to go. You that was the time to you know, everything else was sort of seen as a byproduct, really. Once you showed up, you did your training and you showed up and you played your football. That that was where it was at. Yeah, I'm just gonna Actually, back on talking about his character um, and that, um, he was interviewed by Gary Lineker as well, talking about the hand of God. And his, his character had him, he goes, I don't see it as cheating. I see it as craftiness. I see it as cheekiness. I don't see yeah. it as cheating. Yeah, absolutely. He was just, just an amazing player, you know. Um, I read a couple of um, I read a couple of interesting quotes there the other day. Um, you know, for his national, you hear about players being tired and needing a rest and all. For the national team, Maradona crossed the ocean five times in 12 days. And the other, the other thing that I noticed as well, he's considered the greatest Argentinian football player in history. And many think he is the greatest soccer player of all time, which really sums up the man in fairness. Um, and even, even um, you know, even when he got beaten in 78 by Franz Beckenbauer, Franz Beckenbauer asked for his shirt as a souvenir. That really says a lot about the man, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he'll be greatly missed. Um, in some respects, there's, there's some sad aspects to it. But definitely from a football perspective on this podcast, he's one to be very much celebrated. Kind of like, like Ian mentioned, you know what I mean? He was... When in terms of small players, he was the first one really to utilize that low center of gravity and use that to just, like you said, leave players on their arse. Yeah, he was. He he had that kind of build where, like, I mean, you see his legs. His legs are like tree trunks. He's that kind of guy. He just bounced off players, and and those players went in hard on him. You know what I mean? They yeah. really went in hard. Um. So, you know, but it was it was it was it was sad to hear. You know, because you you kind of get to a stage where. You know, you're sort of losing all the things you grew up on and the things you cherish and, and you have fondness for, you know what I mean? And and like, as if 2020 wasn't bad enough with COVID and lockdowns and the impact it's had on the sport that we love, yeah. then we go and lose Maradona, you know what I mean? That, that just caps it off, you know what I mean? It's just, what a year. Like. It's a great loss um, for the football community. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But yeah, I suppose we can leave it at that then. It was a great episode there, looking back at the fixtures and predicting yeah, nice. some of the, the weekend ones. And nice to touch on Maradona. Not, yeah. not, not great circumstances, but nice to touch on it. Nice um, short, kind of brief to the point, show. I like it. We got the good chats in there. And, you know, we know yeah, there, like interesting to news topics. So yeah, for myself, Noel, the coach, Hogan, the host of the show. For Peter Hart from Peter Hart Graphics, go check out Peter Hart Graphics for all your logos and graphics and stuff like that. You'll see some of them going up on our Instagram page and on our Facebook and our episodes, some fantastic graphics coming out at the moment with predictions and score predictions and all that. And for Ian, the agent Kelly, the OG of the Dynamo Podcast Network. That's it from us. Thank you very much. Yeah, cheers, lads. See you next week.